two, three, four. Hoping you won't be hoping you won't be hoping you won't be hoping you That went way too high. That went way too high. That was hilarious. Could not do it. That was awesome. Couldn't do it. Yeah, but it didn't work. <laughs> I failed. Oh, it just goes way too high. Like, way too high. All right, well, welcome to Cast and Wax. <laughs> and <laughs> my name is Jordan D. White. We have to end it. Okay. supposed to do not at me i did i went like this no you were going like yeah I'm okay here we go ready two three four Hoping. what no <laughs> that was okay. the end all right two three four nah. and i couldn't find the note do it again yeah two three four nah. Dip. okay um welcome to cast and wax my name is jordan d white and um this is a special episode because it is the second part of the continuing amazing series, Recast in Wax. Uh, for this episode of Recast in Wax, I have brought in the help of a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, a friend of the show, who you might have heard of before if you've listened to more episodes than just like one or two. Um, her name is Lynn Nelson. Hello. That's her. You forgot a uh, fellow member of Adjective Noun, who I think just performed that theme song. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's who that was. What? It's hard to say. We didn't say that ahead of time, so maybe that was just me. Oh, you have to say these things before they Yeah, happen. I think you have to call them ahead. That wasn't just you. Yeah, it was just me. It could have just been Jordan featuring, and Lynn. Featuring Lynn Nelson in parentheses, but artist-wise, it's listed under me. Look, the point is, I'm trying to leave this room. You're drawing me into arguments. The point is, I brought in a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, her. Me. Because this is a hard-hitting reality series in which three people are pitted in desperate combat of the radio production kind to uh, produce a series which wins out over the other series. Last episode, you heard the episode of Scape Debate that our friend Scape produced. And by our friend, I mean my son. But uh, today you're going to hear another one. And uh, I'm going to slip out of here, go uh, into the control booth, listen, make sure everything sounds good. If Lynn does anything stupid, I'll buzz uh, a buzzer of some sort. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to let her take over the show and introduce uh, the contestants on Recast and Wax. All right. So welcome, everybody, to Recast and Wax. I am Lynn Nelson filling in for Jordan D. White, and I'm here to introduce our contestants on this amazing reality show. First, we have uh, our contestant that you heard last episode, Mr. Scape White. Hey, all, how are you? Hi, Scape. I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm awesome. So uh, I know you did a little recap after last episode, but I wanted to check in with you now. It's been a week, and I wanted to see how you were feeling about Scape Debate. It, it was the best. It was the best? Yeah. We haven't heard the other ones yet. Yeah, but you know. I, but I 
know. It's the best. Do you think are, that means you're confident that you think the listeners will vote for it? Yeah. 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 Look, they're going to vote for the best one, right? That's mine. Well, they're going to vote for their favorite. That's mine. I don't know if you can make any mine's claims. The, mine's their favorite. That yours is their favorite. Yeah. Escape, I want to talk to you also because I know, you know, it's been a week and, and uh, tensions are running a little high. And uh, I, I heard there was some tension, some problems between you and Rory. Do you want to elaborate on that? Mm, I think he sucks. But, th- I mean, that's not new, is it? No. So what happened this week? He smells. He smells bad. Yeah. That's the incident that I heard about? Incident? Yeah, I, I heard there was a problem between you two this week. What's it about? That he smells? I don't know. I just heard the rumor. I wanted you to what did you tell hear? me more about what did, it. What did you hear? That you and Rory had a fight. A fight? Yeah, that you got into it over your shows, over who was going to win. Oh, over who's going to win? Yeah. I said I was going to win. Okay. I, and I was right. And then what happened? He said he was going to win. Okay. But he was wrong. <laughs> he was wrong. So it was just a verbal fight? You, you it were was like, actually, do you know what it was like? It was kind of like an episode of my show, The Escape Debate, where I was like, hey, I think that I'm going to win. And he was like, I think I'm going to win. And I was like, well, I win. Did you have experts? I was an expert on being <laughs> myself right. Okay, but you didn't have anybody else chime in on that? Well, Frank Allen said he was going to win. Oh, he was there too? Oh, yeah. Okay. But he was wrong too. He was wrong too. So yeah. you were right. So this is that I heard something much more intense than all of this. But basically you all were like, I'm going to win. And in the end, you were right. What did you hear? That you guys had a fight. That there was a physical altercation. A physical? Yes. Did you escape? What? Did you scratch Rory? Well, yeah. You did? Yeah. Did you draw blood? I don't know how to draw. Did Rory bleed after you scratched him? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Right, you know you're not supposed to scratch people. What if they say they're going to beat me? They, then you beat them fair and square by I being the I did beat the them fair no, and square! You don't scratch people. Did well, you escape? What? Did you bite him? Maybe. All right, well, let's. I'd like to hear the other side of this. All right. So I'm going to bring in our next contestant, whose show you have not heard yet and will not hear this week, I'm sorry to say. But um, let's welcome Rory Sinjin. Hello, yes. Hi, Rory. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Oh, you sound good. Yes. You don't sound curt or short at all. I'm not short. I'm very tall. Okay. Do you want to weigh in on this uh, conversation of having escape? I I was telling him I heard that you two had an altercation over this whole uh, reality TV show. Yes. Um. He bit me and scratched me. Okay. Did he draw blood? Um. Well, I bled. If that's what you're asking, I don't think he knows how to draw. Ha 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 ha. That was a joke. Yes. Look, he hurt me, and I think he should be, you know, disciplined. Do you agree that his show is the best? No. My obviously, my show is the best. Okay. Now, I've heard my show, and I can testify, as the only person who's heard both my show and his show, that mine's better. Now, this is important, Rory. Did you scratch, bite, or otherwise hurt Scape in this altercation? No, of course not. Okay, so he just, out of the blue, unprovoked... Well, uh, yeah, basically, yes. Basically? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's rare. I'll, I will admit, I have a cat. I have two. Um, and one of them does kind of bite unprovoked, but most cats that I've ever encountered do not bite or scratch you unprovoked. Usually you're poking them or teasing them in some way. Are you sure you were not doing that? Well, you didn't ask if I did that. That's provoking. Well, I didn't find it very provocative. Did you start the fight, Rory? Did I start the fight? No, he started it by saying his show was going to win. Did you start the physical part of the fight? Well, no, I mean, I wasn't actually touching him. What were you doing? I wasn't touching him. Teasing him? That's... But those are words. Words and and intimations of, of touching, but not actually touching. Intimations of touching. Intimations. Pretending you were going to go hit him. Not hit him. Indicate that you were going to touch him in some way yes, where he doesn't well, like to be touched. Yes, but he d- I didn't. And then he responded with violence. So what I'm getting from this, Rory... Yes? Is that... 
you were childishly teasing a cat and no. then being a wussy about getting scratched and bitten no. by him. No, neither of those things was I childish nor wussy. No, neither. All right, well, why don't we bring in our third contestant whose show you are going to hear today. Um, and I have some questions for him about this and, and some other things. So let's welcome uh, my good friend, Frank Allen. Hi. Hi, Frank. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Fine. How are you feeling about uh, airing your show today? Well, I would have liked to air it on a different day. Why is that? Because because I don't think it'll get a fair shake given the situation of this episode. Because I'm here. Yes, because you're here, yes. You think I'm going to try and sabotage yes, your chances? Yes, I believe that. I'm an independent third party. Yes, a third party who has a, an interest in not me being happy. Frank, I am completely capable. You should realize this by now, having gone through what we've gone through together, that I am completely capable of being impartial. So capable, in fact, that it was my stellar reporting, my impartial stellar reporting that won me a Pulitzer very recently. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was uh, in uh, doing something to undermine my own good work. It, it had nothing to do with you, though. It had well, to do with the fact that your work was not actually good. Well, it was until you did that. It really wasn't. Um, but listen, I, I have no ill will towards your show. Well, I do, so. You have ill will towards your show. And towards you. Towards me. Yeah. Okay. Um, that syntax was a little confusing. That's okay. I All I'm trying to say is, again, it's not fair. Go ahead. Well, I think there's still time. If you'd like, we could air Rory's show today instead and talk about how great it is. Well, it isn't great, so I mean, just, I haven't heard it, but I know offering, Rory. We could, we could switch the days. Well, you're you're offering to switch the days because you're here and you're a jerk, and you're complaining about the well, fact that yes. I'm going to sabotage your show. Well, so, so I'm oh, you just so you to, admit you're going to sabotage my show. You think I'm going to? But you just said you were going to. Frank, I'd like to ask you a little bit uh, about this fight that we've been talking about between Rory and sure. Escape, and yeah. uh, I hear that you were there. I was. So why don't you tell me what happened? Um, well, uh, I said that I was going to win this uh, contest. So you started this conversation? No, I, well, I, no, I was just stating a fact. As the only, again, the only professional show runner of the three of us, I said, well, obviously, I have experience, and I know what I'm doing, and therefore I'm going to win this. And Escape said, no, he was going to do it, and, and Rory said, no, he was going to do it, and, um, and then I... I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. So you didn't actually see the scratching or the biting or the wussy? Oh, I mean, I saw all that, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Escape, uh, Rory was uh, 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 pretending he was going to touch and poke Escape, and Escape started yelling, and then he bit and uh, scratched him, and then uh, Rory threw Escape across the room, and then um, Escape ran at him and hissed and uh, scratched him again. And Rory! Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, yes, no, what? You, you left out so much of this story. I didn't leave out. You threw a cat across the room? That's not leaving things out. Yeah. I just stopped the story earlier than that happened. I talked about the thing that happened, and then I got bit. That's where I ended it. And then you threw a cat across that, the room. Well, he was biting me at the time. Well, so. and also I just learned that, as I suspected, you were po you were pretending you were going to poke yeah, him. But uh, pretending. That's provoking a cat. Yes, but he's pretending to provoke a but cat. But you know that that usually results in biting or scratching or both. Well, he started it. By? Saying he was going to beat me. It actually sounds like Frank started it by, by starting the whole no. conversation about who was going to win. Well, everybody, we're always thinking it. Frank, I, I'd like to ask you something else, because I know you're very political sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I understand, you know, in situations like this, um, where a large group of people are responsible for voting or electing somebody into a certain position, yeah, that it is often the candidate with uh, the most money that is able to influence the most votes, you know, maybe put out ads. Is this true? Et cetera. Um, and I, I've, I've heard some, some, you know, underground rumblings that Rory has been actually secretly trying to get some ads together and put them out. Do you know anything about this? I don't. Okay. Why are you asking me? Shouldn't you be asking him? Well, I, this is a very bizarre reporting technique. You want a Pulitzer? 
I'm going to get there. I will be asking Rory about it. I wanted to know if you had heard about it. So you're just trying to humiliate me by saying I don't know something that you do. No, I would like to hear your thoughts on it. My thoughts are he's cheating. Okay, Rory. I'm not cheating. Have you been trying to uh, produce some some ads to put out to the public? That's a very bizarre and absurd question because how would you try to produce an ad? Either you would or you wouldn't. Well, you'd have to get a crew together. Yes, but either well, that's producing one. Ad- that's not trying to, to produce it. That's to doing sell it. Those ads to the network. That's doing it. That's not trying to do it. Then are you doing it? Well, no, that's a different question. But you asked if I was trying to, and I'm saying that's an absurd question. Okay, then I'll ask a different one. All Rory, right. are you producing ads to put out on TV about your uh, your show? On TV, no. On radio? On radio? On terrestrial radio? No. Where are you putting ads out about I, your show? I never said I was putting ads out. Are you putting ads out anywhere? That's a different question. You ask a lot of questions. I'm asking another question. Yes, that's what I do. Am I putting ads out about what? Your show on Recast and Wax. What about it? To advocate it and ask people to vote for it. To ask people to vote for it? Is that dishonest? You're you're using influence that you have. That is probably... I, I mean, I don't know if there are game rules. Jordan didn't leave me anything, but it, it seems unethical. Well, then I'm not. Oh, what if it were ethical? It, well, it's not, so it's hypothetical. I, I don't... I'm saying it seems unethical. I don't S- deal in hypotheticals. Escape, how would you feel about this? What? How would you feel if uh, if you found out that Rory was advertising his show to the masses and asking them to vote for it? Who's the masses? People. People listening to the podcast. People? Yes. He's telling people to vote for it? Yes. They're not going to be that stupid. Oh, okay. So you're comfortable with this? Am I comfortable? Yes. I don't, I'm not so comfortable because he's dumb. And he smells. Oh, so you're you're feeling uncomfortable at the moment because you have a bad smell in your nose? Yeah. Okay. Um, Rory, do you have anything I, to say about I that? I don't smell, so that's, I bathe on a regular basis. I don't know. That's a pretty serious accusation. I, Bathing? No, that, that you smell. I do, Well, I don't. Frank, do you smell anything? I uh, do not want to put my face near Rory. Why not? Because I don't like looking at him. Because he's ugly? Well... Sure. So, Rory, now you're ugly and you smell. No, that's neither of those things is true. And you're childish and I have, a wuss. Uh, do you also know that I, I have a girlfriend, so... Mm-hmm. You're kind of wussy about her, too. No, I'm not, a, I'm not wussy about her. I, I, she likes me, is what I'm saying, and she doesn't think I smell or that I'm ugly. She might like you despite the fact that you smell and are ugly and are childish and a wuss. No, she, she said specifically I'm neither of those things. Well, Miss Loveberger, if you're listening to the show and you'd like to call or email in, I'd love to hear from you uh, about whether you think Rory smells... Is ugly, wussy, or childish? She does. I mean, I already. I'm I, you know what? You. I need to collect all the facts before I make a decision. Why don't we um, let the listeners now jump into uh, Frank advice so that we can hear this? Sh- Sorry, I didn't have the schedule in front of me. Well, I don't think this is Miss Loveburger, but we do have an audio letter to listen to. So why don't we go to that and see if that uh, you know helps us learn anything about recast and wax? Hi, everybody. I'm Evil Tom Sawyer, the opposite of regular Tom Sawyer. Regular Tom Sawyer was a little kid and didn't know much, so I know a lot, and I'm going to tell you some of it. I'm sending you an episode of Slam Jackson that has me, Evil Tom Sawyer, in it. It was written by Jacob Thompson after he'd heard more than one episode, but before he'd heard enough episodes to know that Slam Jackson is gay. So that's why it's extra historical and out of continuity. Now, because regular Tom Sawyer appeared in a long series of things in print media, I have to appear in something really short in a non-print medium, so this letter has to end. Bye! Well, Evil Tom Sawyer, that had nothing to do with Recast and Wax, but it did tell us something about the podcast. Rory, do you know anything about this extra historical episode of Slam Jackson? Well, I know everything about all extra history, so yes. Do you want to say anything to introduce this? Well, he already said everything relevant, so... All right, then why don't we listen to Slam Jackson? All right. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! 
by Jacob Thompson. Episode C, Book Smart. Publicly acclaimed hero Slam Jackson returned one night from a date. The details shall be kept secret, for he dines at this establishment quite often and has no intention of being swarmed by his loving public. He had no particular concerns about exposing himself to this particular subsection of the public, known to him as Barbara, his date for the evening. As they entered the Jackson estate, Slam noticed a Muppet painting on his fence. Or, more precisely, Barbara did. But she soon brought it to his attention. Um, Slam, who's that? He's the little boy that I hired to paint my fence. Who is he? I really don't know. How do you hate it, enemy? What's up, home? Let's go inside. Inside the house, Barbara posed a challenging question to Slam. A question beyond his capacity to answer. Why are you painting your fence black? I don't think it fits with anything around here. My name is Slam. Does that sound like someone who worries about a color scheme? I'm just saying that the fence looks horrible. I told the company that I wanted a white fence. They must have just gotten mixed up. I'll straighten this out. Slam walks outside to his yard! What kind of shenanigans are you pulling, young man? Well, sir, I'm Evil Tom Sawyer, and I'm here to make your life a living hell. I'll be the disobedient son that you never had. What you're doing is annoying, but I don't get why you're doing it. I'm the opposite of original Tom Sawyer. He tricked other folks into painting fences and faked his own death to make people sad. I paint fences myself in a darned evil way, and I make the townspeople sad just by being alive. Go on. My friend Evil Huck Finn is riding a raft up the Mississippi River to get his poor sick friend Jim to Canada. I'm no geography nerd, but isn't that like 2,000 miles upstream? That's stupid. They'll likely die of exhaustion, ha-ha. And even if they make it, Jim will more likely be killed by them socialist Canada doctors, ha-ha-ha. Keep on keeping on, Junior. I'm going to have sex now. Slam returns to his house and is questioned. Why are you using with child labor? It's cheaper than using adults, and their small bodies are agile. And you're the hero? Listen, didn't Joseph Campbell say that he who fights monsters becomes monsters, and that the abyss likes to stare back? Friedrich Nietzsche said something like that, and it's a terrible reason. Fine, fine, I'll get the kids some milk and cookies and send him on his way. Sans milk and cookies, Slam steps out once more! Kid, you've gotta go, you're cramping my style. I have only starting to cramp you, mister! Face the facts, you have a paintbrush. I can handle that. Do your worst. Mister, you just bought yourself a whole mess of trouble. Having read in Cosmo that women appreciate honesty, Slam tries a new tack. I'll be honest. I never hired that boy. He's working for free. I thought I heard you say you were going to be honest. It's really simple. Last Christmas, I tried to buy a gift for my eight-year-old nephew, and I waited until the last minute and was stuck. Uh Uh-huh. So I... Bought a really cheap book of classic young adult fiction that turned out to have an ancient curse. That sounds more like a Slam Jackson adventure. Dot dot dot. Since then, I've fought Bogley, the Jungle Kid, the Little Priestess, and Pinto in Perdition. Two evil Dalmatians that made Cujo look like Lassie. I teamed up with good Cruella DeVille on that one. You actually got Cruella's name right. I'm surprised. She may wear a coat made of dogs, but... And I know I shouldn't tell you this. In person, she's a stone-cold fox. You don't read many books, do you? 
I'm not a bookworm. If I had time to read, I think I'd check out a book or two, but fighting crime takes up most of my time. I'm in graduate school to become a librarian, and that list of malapropisms kind of made me violently ill. Do you have any aspirin? Yes, I... What's that? My nemesis, Evil Tom Sawyer. I dared him to do his worse. Apparently that means he's painting the windows black, too. Slam cranes his mighty bull neck out the window to begin negotiations with the truculent tyke. I am with a woman. What would it take to make you stop this? I reckon I won't take my leave lest I get a sawbuck. That's old man talk for a ten dollar bill, right? Watch who you are calling old. It's a deal. Well, you still ain't done with me. I'm going to head to the general store and purchase me ten dollars worth of evil. Oh my goodness. Ten whole dollars worth. In his era, ten dollars would buy a lot more evil. What's the worst case? Just ballpark it. Maybe 170 or $180 evil in today's money. I can handle that much evil. Well, it's been a long night. Come on, honey, I don't think Tom will be back tonight. Is Slam right? Will Tom be back? Can Slam salvage the date? What kind of evil can Tom Sawyer buy with his ten bucks? What of Evil Huck and his voyage upon the mighty Mississippi? Can anyone convince Slam Jackson to read a book? All this and more on the next Slam Jackson. Adventurous! In that episode of Slam Jackson, Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Sam Jackson was Jack Kunrat, Barbara was Wendy Casey, and evil Tom Sawyer was Charles Berman. Thank you very much, Rory. So what did you all think of that episode of Slam Jackson from Extra History? You want us all to talk at once? No, Frank, why don't you comment first then? Uh, I thought, uh, well, I thought it had to do with both extra history and classical literature. Therefore, I think it is bogus because that is what Rory's show is going to be about. And his show is going to be bogus. Okay, Rory. I think the exact opposite of what Frank said for the exact same reasons. And Scape? I think I wasn't listening. Scape. What? You go through this all the time. This is how the show works. I have parts. Those parts are the best parts. I'm asking you to do a part now. I'm doing it. Tell me about that episode of Slim Jackson. Well, it went on for a few minutes, and it wasn't very interesting, so I swept. All right. That is what it was about. Hopefully, the the listeners also got a quick nap, because now I'm talking, they should wake up. Well, maybe they won't. But they should. If they take a nap, they might not wake up to hear you. Wake up! Do you hear me? They probably do now, but you your part is pretty much over. Well, no, I'm, I'll keep talking. Nope, that's all right. Wait, I was being the mirror of something. Well, okay, go ahead. Uh, my name is Scapey. Okay, Scapey. Well, I, was, I was starting something. Nope. We have a letter. Uh, not an audio letter, a text letter for Rory. So, Frank, would you mind reading that? Fine, but I'm going to do it angrily. Why is that? Because I'm angry. You got to get over it, Frank. I don't, but all right. Dear Rory, I am a little disturbed by your suggestion that I may not be able to practice extra history until I have taken lessons at the Institute. I understand that you are the world's greatest teacher and practitioner of extra history, but what you said on the show last week seems to fly in the face of some international law and may create a diplomatic incident if put into practice. This month I was named Her Majesty's Extra Historian and Master of the Queen's Extra History by the Government of the United Kingdom, and as such, am legally in charge of determining who is qualified to practice extra history 
country in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, as well as its crown dependencies and territories. This is a position that has de facto recognition by the rest of the Commonwealth of Nations and is mirrored by my recently acquired positions as High State Extra Historian of the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, Governmental Extra Historical Matters Coordinator of Iceland, and the People's Guardian of Extra History of Transnistria. Don't you want to promote extra history around the world? How am I going to fulfill these important governmental functions if you impede me? What should I do? Thanks. See John Baptiste Sansaraf. Wow, Rory. Yes. What do you have to say about that? Um, I have to say about that. Well, that uh, I am sorry, Jean Baptiste, but I must uh, rescind your uh, scholarship. That's how it is. It sounds like he doesn't need it anymore. Well, he wants it, I'm sure, and he no longer has it. So, And I'm sure that once they find out that he has been stripped of his academic honors, well, he has, that they will no longer want him in those positions. I, he wasn't, he hadn't even, like, started. Right, he's completely role. untrained, I know, yes. That's, that's outrageous. They, there weren't honors to strip. Well, he had a, a full scholarship, and a, now he doesn't. A scholarship so. is not really an honor. It's, it's a it, financial it was award. an honor. I, I did it because I thought he was he had potential, but now I see he does not. You know what? It it just sounds to me like the Queen's faith in him and and directly supporting the Queen of England seems to trump a scholarship to, to your institute. Well, that's not true. It sounds like he's vastly more credentialed than he even would be had he gone through your full program. But, well, no, because then he would have those things and also have my program. He might not have those things. It sounds like, I mean, as you know, he this, can, this was just perfect timing for him. Well, he can still come to my program. He just has to pay me now. Well, it sounds like he'll have more than enough money to pay you. If, well, we'll see. If Won't he has we? as prestigious we a position as he see. thinks. Okay. We shall see. And if he comes and, and you know, there's, there's, there's um, what do you call it? Um, attendance requirements for my classes. So he'll have to, you know, come to class or else he'll be flunked out. All right. Well, Jean-Baptiste will be very interested to find out if you still... Uh, plan to pursue studies in New York or uh, if you're going to just stay in the UK. If you want to be completely untrained, just to say no, completely untrained. All right. Well, uh, that's very interesting to find out. Uh, Jean, on a personal note, John baptiste I'm really very excited for you. I, um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I had some small part in, uh, in helping you get this leg up. And it sounds like you have just completely flown and are doing fantastic things in, in the UK. So congratulations. What, what is this? The- so you're biased against me as well? Not against you. You know what? You guys, you all are the ones that just foisted John Baptiste on me in the first place. I did I? What you volunteered. I, well, my my house. You, but you, it, you were you were fine, and you like French people, so okay. So, but whatever happens from there on, it no. has nothing to do with a bias against you. We clicked. He sounded great, uh, you know, and he was able to go speak with the Queen. I I, I don't think see, that's well, Jean Baptiste. As uh, we would say between us, félicitations. Uh, congratulations, uh, and, uh... French talk. Yes, indeed. Mm. So, coming up next, we have, uh, what everybody's been waiting for. Our, yes. Our second, uh, installment of Recast in Wax. This is gonna be Frank Advice. Frank, do you have anything you wanna say before we I, listen? I do. Um, listen to this show. It's gonna be terrific. One thing you might wanna consider is when the show ends, when, when Frank Advice ends, just stop the podcast and don't listen to the rest of the podcast Skip to next episode. Well, you'll miss, I guess, uh, a Chop Henderson, and I'm sorry for that. But I feel like I feel like you'll be better off. You'll want to you'll want to just soak in the Frank advice for a week or two. Well, I I think that's ridiculous. No, Frank, you need to get over this. But you know, guys, as the the uh, stand-in host for the show, I would really recommend that you don't do that. 
Um, we're going to have a lot of debriefing to do. We're going to hear from yeah. the rest of the contestants. Sure. Um, we probably have some more mail, I believe. Yeah, but... And uh, Chop Henderson is great. Oh, look, I just you can listen to it, but listen to it in a few weeks. You know, after I've already won. How, how will they know to vote for you? If they don't hear our debrief, I said, listen to the next episode. Are you so you're going to just skip another chance to tell everyone how great it is? I'll tell them next episode. It's fine. All right. Well, look, uh, all of you fans out there that are just listening for Frank, uh, sure. Don't make it sound like there aren't any. I, I'm just saying. I have an international show. I'm aware. Okay. And I think a lot of them are listening. Yeah, I know they are. I'm annoyed that they're listening just for you. But uh, if you really are compelled to just turn off the podcast after Frank Advice, I can't stop you. I'd recommend against it. And uh, why don't we start the episode? All right. Here's Frank Advice. Hello and welcome to Frank Advice. My name is Frank Allen, and uh, this is going to be some Frank advice we have here for you today. I have with me a very special uh, a guest who will help me give out advice to you, the listener. She is a incredibly multiple number uh, Olympic winner. She is a nuclear physicist. She is an advice columnist in her own right, and of course, uh, many many other credits that I'm, I'm sure you'll hear about very shortly. Uh, please welcome. Miss Alicia Jensen. Hello. Please tell us a bit about yourself. Well, as you said before, I'm a nuclear physicist. Um, I'm the platinum medal winner in a lot of different uh, Olympic categories. And, you know, a lot of people don't know a lot about the platinum medal because, well, I just <laughs> kind of win it all the time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, we, 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 the news people, we focus on the gold, silver, and bronze because those are the ones that are, are competitive. We all just kind of assume you're going to win the platinum every time. Yeah, it, it really makes it tough for me to get my name out there, you know? But it's not all just about the, the platinum medals and the Olympics, so that was kind of thrilling, you know? But it was tough winning those medals in between the stints as the best-selling author, the journalist, being an Academy of winning film director, and winning the Nobel Peace Prize, again, in nuclear physics. They have a, I'm sorry, they have a Peace Prize in physics? Yes, but they don't really talk about that too much because I just, it's, it's the same curse as with the platinum medal. I just kind of get it a lot, so mm-hmm. it's not really competitive anymore. Okay. Well, thank you very much for being here. I know you you are very busy, and it's it's an honor to have such a well-respected uh, advice giver on my first episode of my advice show. Uh, so, thank you. You're welcome. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, Frank Advice is here to be very frank with giving advice. Uh, I am Frank Allen, so there's kind of a pun there in the name. <laughs> that being said, we want your emails to come into us so that we can give you advice. You can email us at castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. But for now, uh, what we are doing is turning to the internet. Uh, there's a, uh, a site that some people know as Yahoo Answers, mostly because that's what it's called. And we are going to be looking there for uh, good questions to answer. So, uh, Alicia, we're going to jump right in with the, the questions. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Here's the, uh, the first question. How do I tell my girlfriend in the nicest way I've been cheating on her since finding out her past? Uh, and the background is, well, here's the thing. I found out my girlfriend did some porn videos in the past, and I was disgusted. And ever since, I haven't had sex with her, and I've been sleeping and going out with this other girl behind her back. Uh, what do you think, Alicia? Well, Fidelity's a very tough 
tough thing in relationships. I know myself, um, I typically have 10 different guys asking me out, even when my boyfriend's around and standing right next to me. So I, I know how tough it can be to resist that urge to cheat. And in this boy's case, when he finally gave in, I think the best way to go about it is just let her know and maybe even be a little creative. Maybe I'm just speaking from author experience here, but you could almost just say, oh, I was on the job because secretly I'm a porn actor as well. So you think you think this this guy should lie and tell his girlfriend he's a porn actor? I wouldn't call it lying. I would call it just creative storytelling. I mean, if he sets up a camera, it's true. Technically, yes. And really, the technicalities are important here. You uh, Now, you, I think, directed the top-selling porn uh, of the year last year. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. In fact, I got the first ever Academy Award for pornography. Yeah, they didn't really cover that in the news too much last year, though. Yeah, unfortunately. It's just a curse I learned to live with. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know what? Here's my here's here's my take on it. Here's the frank advice I'm going to give. Uh, I think you're right, Alicia, but I, I think you have a slightly different way to to do it. Instead of uh, instead of just telling your girlfriend that you are a porn actor, start filming yourself sleeping with these other women and go go whole hog. Set up a site. Set up a pay site where people can uh, can download these these videos of you having sex with other women, and um, presumably eventually uh, your girlfriend will find the site and uh, and then she'll know. And she'll know that you're being a wonderful entrepreneur. Maybe not the best boyfriend in the world, but at least you're being a captain of industry. Yeah, at least you're being fiscally responsible and and making money. You and and and, and technically you could probably tell her I wasn't cheating on you in my heart. I was um, you know, just uh, making money. You could also just frame it this way. You know how football players take videos of them, you know, running around tackling each other and just playing their game and then they go back and watch the videos to see what they were doing wrong? Just say you're doing the same thing only with sex. She'll understand. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, how to start a secret relationship? Uh, I know this girl who I think likes me. However, without telling my life story here, I am with someone else. Uh, this girl probably wants me as her boyfriend. How can I convince her to be my secret girl on the side? Ten points for the best answer. Ooh, a point bonus. I'm excited. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty good offer. Well, here's what you do first. You have to get a good story. As I said before, creative story writing is very important here. Make up something extravagant. Don't be afraid to go all the way, to go up to 11 instead of 10. Something like your platinum medalist in the Olympics. What do you think, Frank? That that definitely is a way that, uh, that uh, would probably persuade me to get into a secret relationship, if that's what you're implying. Especially something like gymnastics. But maybe tone down the gymnast legs a little bit. The boys are a little scared if your legs are as big as theirs. Um, there is one problem with this uh, approach, which is that uh, you're the, the platinum medalist. So so how, why would this girl believe him? There could be multiple platinum medalists. Really, no one pays attention to the platinum medalists in the papers. That's true. That's true. It's a perfect story. Um, I would say uh, I would say that's some pretty good advice. Although I, you know, that doesn't hundred percent say why it should be secret. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's a that's a good reason for her to want to get with this guy. But why why does that persuade her to keep it secret? Well, it gets you into character, and that way you can be a different person and. Stops getting you thinking about the other person that you're really dating in real life, who may not be the most interesting boy in the world and maybe a little out of shape, but he makes good money and you should just have something on the side that might be a little bit more attractive. I think I, I think I understand where you're coming from. But again, I, I would say, you know, let's not do things by halves. You know, let's go all the way with these approaches. And you don't don't bother convincing her to be your secret girl on the side. Just create a new self and let this girl be the main girl of that other self. For example, you can say to her, uh, listen, 
Um, let's say her name is Sandra. Listen, Sandra, it's been great knowing you, but I don't trust myself around you. So I'm going to have to stop being your friend. But I have never mentioned to you before that I have a twin brother. Uh, his name is, is, uh, 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 Fred. Alan. I like that. And um, he's new to town, and he needs somebody to show him around. And I kind of already promised him you would, so can you start meeting up with him? Then she can become Fred Allen's boyfriend, uh, girlfriend, I should say. And when your spouse goes, no, no, you say to your spouse, no, no, that's my twin brother. That's my twin brother. That's not me. Yeah, I like the twin brother idea. That's very creative, Frank. Thank you. Thank you very much. Here's another question. Uh, how to more fun and less boring? I'm going to go out on a limb and assume he means how to be more fun. I'm 14 and male, he says. So I'm quite shy and boring and a bit of a goody-goody. I'm trying to be more fun. I recently watched Ferris Bueller. I want to be more like him. He doesn't mind getting into trouble. He's confident and fun to be around. I have man boobs. Not that bad. And I'm not fat, just chubby. But it means I have very low confidence and I've never had a girlfriend. Um, Alicia, do you have any thoughts? Well, you could be, you could still be fun and less boring even with man boobs. Maybe, maybe try wearing a bra at parties. You'll be surprised at how entertaining you'll be for everyone else. Yeah, I will say, uh, when I'm at a party, uh, I tend to notice, uh, women and most of them are wearing bras. So I think there's something about wearing a bra that makes you more noticeable. See? Just wear a bra and everyone will be all over you. That being said, I do I do notice women who don't wear bras. Sometimes that can be really attractive as well. Just start with the bra on at the party and then slowly take it off and just flap those babies around, you know? Yeah, you know what? Now that I, now that you've said that, I think women who take their bras off in my presence, those are the ones I like best. See, everyone likes you a lot more. When you take your bra off. Yeah. Uh, here's a question. It's, uh, is it creepy to call your boyfriend daddy? So I was using my sister's computer, and when I closed a window, I saw her conversation with her boyfriend, and I wasn't, like, snooping or whatever. It just popped up, and I read it. Uh, so she has this porcelain chicken that she and her boyfriend say is their kid. And what I read was her mentioning that he is the chicken's dad, and then said, and you're my daddy, too. But I read on Tumblr that it's really creepy to do that, and I think it's creepy, too. But can someone explain that to me? Thanks. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, listen, uh, I don't know how old you are and I don't know how old your sister is, but one of two things is happening here. First of all, you've already explained that she's talking about the chicken being the, the kid, right? So we can all agree. When she says, you're my daddy, it's, it's in the same way that, you know, Reagan calls Nancy uh, uh, mom, mother, uh, mommy, because uh, Reagan, they have kids, and so you're the mommy, I'm the daddy, right? It's that kind of situation, right? It could be that kind of situation. It could be, he's the sugar daddy. Sugar daddy, yeah. And then it could uh, it could also be, you know, Maybe maybe she's just subconsciously also attracted to men that resemble her father, too. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly a natural part of the human psyche. I think a lot of women are attracted to men who resemble their father, uh, whether that be because they are older than her or uh, because they just, you know, it's, it's, it's the electric complex. On some level, all women are seeking out their father in their mate, right? Well, wearing a red costume and having a pair of size and fighting crime. Yes. Well, different electra than the one I was referring to, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point, too. I, you know, the other, but the other thing I was going to say is, listen, again, I don't know how old you are, but there's nothing wrong with a little kinky role play. So just because she's pretending that he's her father and then they're going to, you know, have the kind of forbidden love, that's, but it's not real. It's all in their heads and they're consenting. So it's fine. Just make him wear the daredevil costume too. Yeah, that'd be fine too. Here's another good question. It's one I think that comes up a lot. Uh, how should I offer sex 
to my girlfriend for the first time. Please help me to find the best way to offer sex, which again is capitalized, uh, all capitals, I should say, to my girlfriend for the first time. Your responses are highly appreciated. Thanks. Okay. I once saw this TV show where a boy was going to a girl's apartment. The girl had to go to the bathroom and just, you know, freshen up. And he quickly undressed. So she came back out and found him naked. And it worked sometimes. But I want to take it to the next level. There's nothing like risk-taking to get a woman hot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What's the next level to that? The next level. Go out for dinner. Okay. And when the girl has to go to the bathroom, undress there. She'll take you right in front of everyone. Guaranteed. Not from personal experience. Uh, not at all from personal experience. Not, not at all from personal experience? Nope. Not at all. But, Not at all. Okay, but you said guaranteed. Just a hypothesis. Well, you are, hypothetically speaking, a woman. Yes, that's true. So, hypothetically speaking, if I were to take you to dinner... Oh, Frankie. No, I'm, but this is... I, right, but it's a hypothetical. You and I go to dinner, you go to the bathroom, you come back, I'm there in the middle of the restaurant now... Completely naked. Let's keep this on a professional level now. Well, okay, but you just said that you would have sex with the person who did that. Guaranteed. Yes, it's true. I would. Okay. I know. I just wanted to put that out there. So the problem, of course, with that being that I think the person who starts undressing in the middle of the restaurant is going to get thrown out of the restaurant. So more likely you'd come back to an empty table. That being said, I do have a solution. Most restaurants are open to being rented out uh, in total for a private event. And what you can do is uh, do that, rent out a restaurant for a private event, and then uh, hire extras you know put a put a put a uh, ad in the in the local uh uh, uh, uh backstage you know uh, uh, type of situation and say you know i need a bunch of extras to to pretend they're having dinner they all can get to the restaurant before you sit down when you come to the restaurant, you're seated at your table. Ooh, role playing. I like. Well, she, yes, but she's not in, aware of it. She slips off to the bathroom. You give the silent cue that everybody's been waiting for. Everyone quietly files out of the restaurant, uh, goes home. She comes back from the bathroom. The restaurant is completely empty. You're completely naked. I say keep the people there. Voyeurism's hot. Yeah, you're going to have to pay them a lot more if you're going to make them watch you have sex. They didn't have to pay anything to watch me have sex. Yeah, but what if, I mean, what if the guy is not comfortable having sex in front of all those people? Then he's boring. He could be, I mean, he doesn't have to be boring. He could be wearing a bra and then take it off in your presence. That makes him automatically less boring. We've already established that. Only if he has man boobs. Well, he does. It might work. So in this hypothetical, this gentleman has the man boobs. He takes off the bra among the rest of his clothes, but all the other people are gone. You come back from the bathroom. He's there naked. And, and then the women will just eat that up. They'll go, that guy is exciting. He used to be wearing a bra. He's no longer wearing it. And I, I am not wanting to resist this. I would like to take him up on his offer of sex. Yes, I would like to take him up on his offer. All right. Well, good. Here's another question. Uh, we got another one here. My boyfriend wants to... I'm 13, and my boyfriend told me that he wanted to hold my hand next time he saw me next weekend. But my hands, like, sweat when I'm nervous, and even sometimes when I'm not. And I know that I'll be nervous, because he also wants to kiss me. And that would be my first kiss. Anyways, what do I do? Well, honey, you really shouldn't worry about sweat. This just comes from my own experiences. I mean, maybe you shouldn't use my experiences here because, well, people tell me I'm attractive even when I am really sweaty and gross and nasty. I will say, I, I've seen uh, your or your top-selling exercise video, and uh, you're still uh, pretty good looking at the end of it. <laughs> Thank you. But I think you should do what they call in psychology, flooding. And what flooding is, is taking on a huge amount of your own personal fear to get over it. You should get yourself really, really sweaty and then hold his hand. Trust me, it'll work. That, you know, and that actually triggers an idea in me too. The idea of, uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about flooding in the sense of, uh, 
almost a, a double meaning in that you're flooding your body with sweat, but also in that you're 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 experiencing the thing you don't want to experience. She could she could take it in a slightly different direction and do the flooding in the other direction, where uh, between now and the time she sees her boyfriend, she does the thing that she's afraid of so much that she's not afraid of it anymore. So if she, in the meantime, holds hands with and kisses lots of other boys, then by the time she holds hands with and kisses her boyfriend, she won't be nearly as nervous. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you should totally do that. Yeah, so uh, so that that's our frank advice to you. Uh, let's see, we've got two more. Uh, making it up to my girlfriend... Forgot her birthday? My girlfriend turned 18 yesterday. We've been dating for nearly three years. I completely forgot it was her birthday. We lived together as well to make problems worse, and I went out with my mates for a few pints as well last night. I don't know how I forgot, but I did. She went to a club with her friends, but I thought it was just because it was Friday. This morning I woke up, and she wasn't next to me. She was in the living room. I checked my mobile like I usually do in the morning, and there was a text from her saying, Guess who turned 18 yesterday? Then I looked at the date. I feel like a total d I love her to death. What are the best presents I can get for her? Price doesn't matter. I really need to make it up to her, and obviously maybe sex. Wow. For, okay, before we even get to the advice on this, I this is a screwed up situation. He's living with his girlfriend who just turned 18. So is he her brother? or I mean, like, how is he living with an underage girlfriend? Since she was 15, too. No, no, no. She, she just turned 18. She just turned 18. Oh, they said that they were dating for three years, so... Oh, yeah, no, that you're right. That means they must have started dating when she was 15. Uh, that's a really good point. I'm assuming, well, if, if if it's her brother, then first of all, you shouldn't probably have the, the maybe sex with her if she's your sister. But if she's not your sister, then I doubt that they've been living together for that whole three years. You should really get away from this underage girl as fast as possible. This could do you nothing but harm. You'll have a record that will haunt you for the rest of your life. Don't just forget about her birthday. Forget about her as well. Well, uh, she's not underage anymore. Even if she's not underage anymore, you're just always going to remember the time that you were a pedophile with her. And those kind of crimes, they just don't go away in the mind every time you look in her eyes. Yeah, technically, uh, now, I from from his, his use of grammar and syntax, I'm supposed Supposing that he's in Britain because of some of the things he said about pints and mates and all those things. Ooh, um, British and, and, boys. Uh, well, what I'm saying is, no, British boys are not as good as Americans. But he talks about uh, going out to uh, get uh, pints with his mates, uh, which means he's at least 18. So you're absolutely right. If they've been if they've been dating and living together since before she was 18, he was over 18 dating an under 18 year old girl, which is is technically uh, sounds like pedophilia to me. Yeah, you should forget about her. Perhaps also get counseling too. I would suggest. I mean, do you really want to wake up next to her every day, look into her eyes, and just? Remember the unspeakable crimes you committed against her three years ago? I certainly wouldn't. And even more so, you know, the fact that you forgot her birthday means she just doesn't mean that much to you. So, yeah, just forget her. Agreed. We got one more question, I think, to do from uh, from Yahoo uh, Answers. Uh, here's the question. I like the smell of his crotch. Uh, I have a boyfriend, and I always knew I liked the way he smelled, but it turns out the smell was coming from inside his pants. Uh, is this normal to like his masculine smell, quote, down there? Any other girls have the same thing happening to them? Guys, do your girlfriends ever tell you that they like the smell of you? Confused. Never underestimate the power of a woman's sense of smell. It's how she chooses a lot of her boyfriends, whether she knows it or not. Personally, uh, thinking on that, I always like it when the boy just douses himself down there with the cheapest perfume he can find. Perfume? Like, for women? Yeah, it's just a weird thing I have. Does it make you think that he's been with... Some sort of trashy woman before you or something? You know, I don't know. I think it's just from watching 
so many scenes between men and women, men and men, women and women. It just all gets to be the same for me after a while. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I mean, what, what I'll say is uh, I agree with you about the, 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 the sense of smell for women. I think what people don't realize, I think, is that in many ways dating is just about finding someone that you're comfortable smelling all the time. If you find someone that you like the way they smell all the time, even at their least bathed, then uh, that's probably the person you're going to end up with. Make sure he's extra sweaty first, though. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. If you if you like being around a man and breathing him in when he's covered in his own sweat, then, yeah, you probably like him. Love the stink, love the man. That's the long and short of it. We do have one final question, which is not from Yahoo Answers. It is, in fact, a question that was emailed into us at castinwax at gmail.com. So please remember, you can send in your questions to castinwax at gmail.com uh, and just label them for frank advice. Uh, but here's one question that we did get. Uh, Dear Cast and Wax... And we'll just pretend that says, Dear Frank Advice. Uh, my husband and I are getting a divorce. I think that I should get custody of our son, Vincent. But my husband thinks he should get custody. What do you guys think? We'll go by your decision. Uh, and it's signed, Mary Leg. What do you think? Well, it really depends. Who's the more interesting one? I mean, you don't want the kid to grow up to be dull, do you? Well, I, I mean, unfortunately, they didn't really give us a whole lot of... Uh context. So the only uh, way we can determine that is that one of them is a is a female parent and the other is a male parent. Uh, so if, if you think males are more interesting than females or vice versa. Hmm. They all seem pretty interesting. I don't know. If you're so insecure that you're emailing a podcast, maybe you shouldn't be the one to take care of the child after the divorce. Maybe you're just too neurotic. I don't know. Frankie? I, that's a, you know, this is a really serious, serious question. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all about being fair, you know, and I'm all about making all parties happy, if at all possible. So I think I've come up with a, a pretty decent solution. Why don't you take the child that you have, uh, Vincent, is his name, I guess. And really, the only fair... I mean, I'm sure you both love him. So the only really fair thing is that neither of you get him. I think you should give Vincent up for adoption. But what you should then do is each of you adopt your own new child... So that way, everybody ends up with a child. It just ni neither of them get Vincent himself. It's a child swap. It's fun for everyone. Yeah, everybody everybody ends up equally happy, um, with the possible exception of Vincent. But, I mean, the orphanage is happy because they went from having two kids to only having one. The, the, the two parents are happy. Each of them gets a child, and they can even swap to a different sex if they want to, a different race, anything like that. Um, and Vincent... Uh, Vincent probably is the loser in this one, but he can find new parents who... Hopefully, uh, new parents who uh, will stay married. And so in that respect, maybe he will be happy as well. I like that idea. And really, children are very resilient anyway. You can do a lot of horrible things to them and they'll just get better. They they know how to walk it off. Not like adults. Yeah, yeah. Children I mean, children have their whole lives ahead of them. They they can uh they can they can just get over it. You know, you just you just go to a kid and you you say, Get over it, kid. You Mary, you're an adult here. You're gonna be the more fragile one than Vincent. You really just have to look out for yourself. Yeah, as an adult, you understand all of the ramifications of all your actions. A child doesn't understand any of those things. So you do something terrible to a child, they don't appreciate all the damage that you're doing. Um, whereas as an adult, you, you really understand, oh, I'm being hurt in many ways. Sure. All right, well, thank you again. Thank you for listening to Frank Advice. If you need any Frank Advice, write into us at castandwax at gmail.com. Let me thank again my uh, amazing guest, uh, Alicia Jensen. <laughs> you're welcome. And um, it is getting kind of late. Do you want to go to uh, dinner? Only if you're wearing a bra. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not, but if you lend me one. Maybe you should take a rain check. All right. Um, but thank you all for listening, and uh, if you liked this episode, vote for us in Recast and Wax, and we'll do more. Or at least I'll do more. We'll probably have a different guest that time. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Frank Advice. 
right, everyone. That was the first, maybe first, maybe only episode first. of Frank Advice. Before you hush, I would like to get some other reactions to it. Skeep, uh, what did you think? Well, here's what I think. Uh, do you remember when that show was playing a minute ago? Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't very good. Why not? Well, they were talking about stuff that nobody cares about. I remember there was one part where they were like, Hey, uh, you can have dinner. That part was pretty good. But then they were like, doing it. Skeep, you do it all the time. I, I don't do it all the time. I you do, do it, it a lot. Once, No, just once in a while. But most of the time, I eat and sleep. That's the better part. So when you get advice questions for, Hey, do you want to give me advice? You could say, yeah. Have some food. Go take a nap. The end. So that's what your advice show would be if you did this? Well, go, give me a shot. What's your question? No, I, <laughs> I'm not going to do this with you right Come now, on. Escape. No, you have your own show. You can't usurp Frank's show right now. Yeah, that, that's totally not fair, so... Yeah, but I... Well, okay. Hey, uh... Hey, Scraper, do, do you know about... I have a girl that doesn't, doesn't uh, like me. What should I do? Oh, that's a good question. You should have... Some food, and when you're full, either throw it up or take a nap. Those are the options. Thank you very much, Gabriel. That's very helpful. All right. Well, I guess what we can conclude from this uh, this opinion is that Frank Advice is probably not the most interesting show for cats to listen to. So I all think, of you yeah. cats listening to the podcast, you can vote however you want to vote. Rory, <sighs> what did you think about Frank Advice? Uh, it wasn't. It, it wasn't as good as my show's going to be. That's the main thrust of what I think. And specifically, it didn't give very good advice. He was right. Scape's right. I mean, not for the reasons that he gave, but he's right about it not giving good advice. Well, Frank, I have this to say. Okay. Whatever you're going to... Uh, what? I thought it was great. What? I really, really enjoyed listening to that. Yeah? Uh-huh. It was It was hilarious. Um, Wait, what do you mean hilarious? It was hilarious. Your cho- listen, your choice to uh, to go to Yahoo Answers when you didn't have emails was well, fantastic. I'm, I mean, I didn't. I, I had to. Yeah, you, we didn't have. You emails, had to be resourceful, so. and you were, and uh, it was entirely pleasurable to listen to. Your guest was great. Oh, um, I wanted I mean, to ask you some questions about your guest, if that's oh, all right with yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Um, so you had a, a gymnast on the show. She was, among other things, a gymnast. Yeah. Okay. A nuclear um, physicist. And she, gymnast. She won a lot of a lot of medals, not just in gymnast. Right. Highly yes. intelligent, well studied. Yep. All of these things. Platinum um, medals. You had her answering mostly questions about sex and relationships. Yeah. So what are her qualifications for that? She's had sex, if that's what you're asking. Oh, that's not what I was asking. Oh, I thought that's what you thank meant. Thank you for sharing the intimate details of her life. I'm sure she's uh, very happy about that. That she's not a virgin? I think that was pretty clear from the show. I, but I mean, so are you saying that just having sex qualifies you to give advice about sex? Well, I mean, doesn't it? Like, yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. If, if somebody says... You know, what do you, what, what do you think of cheeseburgers? You have to have eaten cheeseburgers. Yeah, but that's that's an, uh, that's an opinion. The, the question is not, what do you think about cheese? If the question was, what do you think about sex? Yeah, you probably have to have had sex or at least witnessed it to, to give some opinion. But the question is more like, how do I, how do I get my girlfriend to go eat a cheeseburger with me? And like, I, I think that's a much more complicated question. And just having eaten a cheeseburger with somebody doesn't make you necessarily qualified to answer it. Well, yeah, but the answer is obvious. You tell your girlfriend you have a surprise for her, you put a blindfold on, you tell her to open her mouth, and you just put in the cheeseburger. That's Is that the advice that you that's, gave? I wasn't sure. That's the advice I'm giving, giving right, right to, to the question of how do I get my girlfriend to eat a cheeseburger. So he, so. And then once she's tasted the cheeseburger, she's going to want more. I see. What if she's a vegetarian? 
She's not. Rory, uh, have you yes. ever had to ask uh, June to go eat cheeseburger with you? Well, I don't eat cheeseburgers anymore because I'm a vegetarian now as well, as you know. Oh, so you don't eat cheeseburgers? No. And if somebody were to invite you to eat a cheeseburger? I would say no, thank you. Frank, what do you have to say to that? That's why I said blindfold, say surprise, open your mouth. Once Rory tastes the cheeseburger, he'll go, this is great. I don't. I forgot that it was so good and he'll want the rest. Do you think that's true, Rory? Well, I mean, I do miss cheeseburgers, to be honest with you. Do you think if you blindfolded June and tricked her into eating a cheeseburger that she'd love it and be thrilled that you did it and ask for more? I mean, does it have to be a cheeseburger? In this analogy, yes. Couldn't it be a vegetarian burger? Nope. Well, no, it's beef. It's real beef? Yep. Could I tell her it was just very convincing soy? If you want to lie to her about what she's putting in her mouth, sure. She'd be much less angry about that, though. She can probably see the menu when you take the blindfold off. I'll leave it on until we leave. Frank, do you think that's a good idea? Yeah. Leave the blindfold on every time? Uh, uh, You'd have to blindfold them every time. You didn't say, I need to get my girlfriend to eat a million cheeseburgers. You said a cheeseburger. How do I get but her to you, have a cheeseburger? You want me? her to keep coming back. That, okay, that's a different question. How do I get my, che- my girlfriend to eat cheeseburgers with me on a regular basis is a different question than how do I get my girlfriend to eat a cheeseburger. I don't think... Okay, first of all, I need to bring this back and just make sure you are aware that we are using the cheeseburger as an analogy for sex. Well, no, no, Jude and I have sex on a regular basis. I... Okay, good, Rory. We're not, we're not I'm abstinent. glad everyone is sharing their personal lives. Frank, what I'm saying is, the point I'm making here, and I actually have more questions for you, but the point I'm making here is, when you say, I would like to get my girlfriend to have sex with me, I think the assumption is, and then again later, at some point in the future, and then on a regular basis. It's not like, I want her to try that with me once, and if she doesn't like it, I'll never make her do it again. You didn't ask about sex, you asked about cheeseburgers, it's a different topic. We we were making an analogy. I didn't say the way to get a girl to have sex with you is blindfold her and, you know, stick things in her mouth. That's that's probably not appropriate. But but you you started the analogy on cheeseburgers. Yeah. And then we switch to cheeseburgers. Okay, so here's my issue. We, but, but we're not abstinent, is what I'm saying, because we, we're vegetarian, Rory, we're not abstinent. I do not want to hear about your sex life. Frank, so you had this guest Alicia on, yeah. who is qualified in a number of things. Yes. Probably sex therapy or education is not one of them. But well, she did direct a porn film. Okay. An Academy Award-winning porn film. All right. I'm not sure that's the same. But in any case, she was really answering most of the questions that you that were on the show, right? No. We were both answering all the questions. That's, I can't even believe you would... This is, this is what I'm talking about, slanderousness, that you are bringing to this uh, interpretation. She, I would ask the question. She would give her input. Then I would give mine. Usually, either based on what she said or completely shifting away from what she said, and then she would always end by saying that I was right, as is entirely appropriate. And it's my frank advice that is the most important advice. She is an advice advisor. Because what I'm hearing is, you would ask the question, you'd let her answer, and then you would build upon the answer. Or change it entirely. Okay, but you let her answer first. You sure. wanted to hear what she said. She's a guest. First. So, here's what I'm trying to put together. You brought somebody on the show, um, and it sounds like it really could have been anybody, because... Like I said, she doesn't really have major qualifications. Not a virgin. And found answers questions on Yahoo Answers uh-huh. to pose to her about sex, no. mostly, and relationships to find out what she was going to say. To find out what she was going to say? First. Well, to give advice to these people, but yeah. Okay. Um, I think I just have to come out and ask it. Were you trying to get advice for yourself? What? No. I, I already know. I get, was giving advice. I already know about this stuff. You were letting her talk first, so you were able to then give advice. That's, yeah, but that's how, that's how the show runs. She's the guest. She gets to have first crack at it. 
while she's talking, I am formulating a much better idea than what she's coming up with. And then I present the good advice at the end. But it sounds like... I mean, I'm letting the curtain back a little bit to tell you all that, but... Yeah, but it just sounds like you don't have advice to give initially. No, that's you not true at all. You don't have an answer to the question. You have to wait for her to give one, and then you That's can preposterous. I've already proven that's not true, because I gave you the cheeseburger advice. Yeah, but that's about cheeseburgers, which I'm sure you're highly qualified Ask to Ask me about on. sex, then. All right, then, well, let's test this theory. Why don't we... We're going to go on Yahoo Answers. Oh, and, this uh, is my show. Yeah, okay, but you, right, didn't, you didn't give initial advice on any of those questions, so I, but I, I gave hear, good advice. All right, go ahead. I want to hear your reaction All to right. a question. Okay, let's find one. All right, here's one. Ready, Frank? Yeah. My boyfriend says he doesn't want to do anything sexual if I don't want to. Is he just saying this when I ask him? He's like, I don't mind, and I'm not bothered. If you're not ready, then fine. He's done stuff with a girl before, but I've never done anything. Is he just saying this, or does he actually want to do stuff with me? Okay, and you don't want to You don't want to comment? No, All I right. want you to comment. Uh, your boyfriend doesn't like you, so... He's not attracted to you, obviously. And he, if a guy wants to, you know, is attracted to you, he'd be trying to have sex with you all the time. That's how guys are. So clearly this guy is either gay or he just doesn't like you. The end. That's some good advice. Okay. No, what do you mean okay like that? Okay. I said okay. Yeah. You mean okay, I'm absolutely right and you, I've proven you wrong. No, I mean, that's pretty terrible advice. What? No, that's good advice because, listen, if a guy wants to have sex with you, he'd be trying to have sex with you. Okay. Yeah, I'll... All the jerks in the world probably agree with you. No, well, all the men in the world, you mean? Okay, so you wouldn't okay, understand. So yeah, if you want, I mean, if you really want to go to all men are jerks. No, I didn't want to go to that. Yeah, Rory, you're a guy. If uh, if June was like, I don't, I'm not really ready to do anything sexual. Well, it's a bit late for that, you know. So. Okay, hypothetically. I'm sorry. In I, in another world. If she says, I no longer want to have sex with you. No, in the world. Where you and June have just begun dating, and you're like, so what do you think about maybe us having sex? And she's like, I'm not really ready for that. Well, she brought it up first. Rory. Yes? You're the extra historian. Mm -hmm. Go to this other world with me. Another world? Another world, as I've just said, where you and June are just beginning dating. So it's back in time. Back in time. Another world. It's another world. You understand this concept, yes. right? Of another yeah, well, world? Of course. Yeah, okay. I, I, yes, I, all the time. There is a world. Yes. Where you and June have just begun dating. Right. Okay? Yes. And she go, and you, you're like, uh, I really think she's attractive. I also really like her as a person. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you go, June, uh, what do you think about maybe starting to have sex? And right. she goes, she says, Rory, I'm... I'm not really ready. I'm still a virgin, and I, I would like a little time to... June's a virgin? In this world that we're discussing, yes. She's quite old to be a virgin. Rory. Yes? You're, uh, you're frustrating me here a little bit. Go, go with me. This world exists. Right. Okay? She says, I'm not really ready. I'd like a little time. What do you say? Well, it's not me. It's me of another world. What does Rory of another world, who is basically you on another world, say? Well, uh, there's, no, there's actually a world where anything you could imagine, he says. So there's infinite number of worlds where his reactions are infinitely different. Okay, let's say you are this Rory. But I'm, well, I'm this Rory. Say you traveled to that world and you're being that Rory right now. I'm sorry, what? That's not possible. Oh my God, Rory. Yes? Okay, it's this world. Ready? It's this no, but world. but I've already had sex with June. Okay, back in time. We're what? time traveling back in time. I, no, I, I've already, it's, it's been wonderful and I've been making love to her. Ugh, escape. Yeah. You know what? I know what you would say. What? You'd just do it anyway. Alice is a stuffed animal and cats don't say no, so. Well. Yeah. All right. Um, Frank, I think you're being ridiculous. I think uh, my case is proved, so there we are. It's not. Rory didn't have an answer for you because he couldn't manage to deal in a hypothetical. I do want to have sex with my girlfriend, yes. Okay. Let's make this simpler. Tonight, you go home and want to have sex with your girlfriend, and she goes, I don't really want to tonight. 
Yes. What do you do? Uh, well, I mean, that's a bit personal, isn't it? Oh, like you haven't been sharing personal information about your sex life with June? Yes, but that's, you know, that's a bit too All close right. for comfort. Yeah. In any case, my, my assessment of this is twofold, of this show. One, Frank brought on a girl to give a girl's perspective on sex. Yeah, that's so that, smart. So that he could hear what she had to say because no. he has no clue about sex and relationships. No. That's not what it is. The other half of this assessment is that that was a really fun show to listen to. <laughs> fun because it was good advice. Because it because her advice was was sometimes good. Okay. Um, because it was funny to listen to Yahoo Answers, which is a, a real ridiculous phenomenon, and because it's kind of funny to think about uh, Frank using this as kind of a secret way of getting advice about sex. No, that's not what it's about. Um, but it was really highly enjoyable, and I'm not allowed to be partial, so I'm not going to say which of these you, I mean, do you, I prefer. You think so that I was sitting there going, hey, what, 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 do girls like to smell guys' crotches? Let me find out the secret answer. Well, first of all, I wouldn't necessarily think that answer was obvious to begin with. Second of all, I'm sure there are plenty of reasons that a guy would want to know if girls like to smell their crotches. I'm I not, think it's just something you might not want to ask somebody point blank if you want to know. I don't, I didn't, it wasn't something I was wondering about. It was something some weird person on the internet was wondering about. Yeah, you took a little while to go through all the questions and find the ones that no, uh, you I wanted just, to hear the answer to. I just found the ones I thought would be entertaining. All right. Well, we have some listener mail, some more listener mail. Rory, would you mind reading this one? Sure. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to be about my sex life, is it? I, I don't know. You have to read it. Well, you've read it. Dear Frank. Okay, good. Uh, dear Frank, I have never really been a religious man, but last night, after nearly coming to the conclusion that I have nothing left to live for, I drowned my sorrows in a copious quantities of ale and roquefort cheese and fell asleep in my easy chair. When I woke in the early morning, I was stunned to see Jesus Christ himself in the glowing light that streamed through my window. Jesus told me that I must find my true way and that Frank Allen would show it to me. What must I do? Add so Schroeder. Ah, uh, okay. So you're saying God told you to come to me? Um, well, I think the best thing for you to do is, uh, what? I mean, do you have any skills? I, I, he doesn't say anything about, he just says his life's not worthwhile, right? Yes, that's all he said. I mean, he he nearly comes to that conclusion that he has nothing left to live for. Nearly, is it not quite right? So, so basically, I'm all you have to live for. I think that's what he's saying. I think I think he's saying that you you can help show him the way, whatever that is. Well, try to try to make me famous. That's your advice. Yeah, because if you do, then you've really accomplished something. I mean, I was famous once before, but if I can get back on top, I was going to say, is that you're you make it sound like it's really hard to make you famous? If it was that easy, I'd have done it again by now. You know. So you're a difficult person to make lots of people like. It's difficult to make anyone famous. Look, how many times have you been famous? Once. How many times have I been famous? Twice. I've actually been famous twice. What's the first time? The first time was when you put my name all over the newspaper as a murderer. That's, that's murder. That's not fame. It's fame. Well, Everyone knew who I was. That's not fame. That's infame. It's, it's still famous. Infamous. Infamous. That's what that word means. But you, you know that's not necessarily the opposite. No, it means, but it means famous in a bad way. It's still fame. Yeah, but fame, okay. It's still, it's, everybody knew who I was. I was famous for being a billionaire, which is good famous. Mm -hmm. Then I was famous for being a television host and billionaire. That's also very famous. Well, what I'm pointing out, though, is that you made me famous the first time, and it was pretty easy. I made you infamous. It was fame, though. Because you were a murderer. I actually wasn't. That's why you're not still famous for that. Well, it's easier to make me famous than by having me kill someone. All right, fine. you just said I did, and then everyone knew Lynn is a murderer. I'm glad we got back here, Frank. Well, I listen, I told you I never really stopped. Just because somebody confesses, there are serial confessors. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm not too terribly worried about uh, being harassed this time. Speaking of going to jail, uh, we have an episode of Chop Henderson that we will listen to now. Chop Henderson incarcerated. Episode 3, Crime Bandits, by Pete Bowers and Charles Berman. He once beat up a librarian for telling him books were not made to prop up his furniture. He once made a license plate out of bone china. He once manufactured institutional furniture that would convince anybody he ought to be institutionalized. He once argued with the cafeteria lady for a very long time. He thought he was winning in solitary confinement until he found out it wasn't a card game. He is as strong as an ox because the specific ox I'm talking about is exactly as strong as Chop Henderson. Imprisoned for his crimes, Chop Henderson is here to... Uh... Sit in prison. I'm bored. Indeed, sir. Bored, 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 bored. Bored, bored, bored. Bored, bored, bored. Bored, 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 Oh. Bogworth, you're not finding me anything to do. Pick a card, master. Is it the two of clubs? Yes, and now I'm bored again. Why'd you have to guess it so fast? Magic, sir. Bogworth, open the door! Think about that for a moment, sir. Okay. Now, Bogworth, open the door! Abracadabra, sir. Visitor, Henderson. Hmm, thank you, lowly guard. He may enter. No. You come to him. What do I look like? Some kind of poor person? From where I stand, yes. Well, clearly you spend most of your time in a jail. Is this guy for real? Yes, sir, guard, sir. Look, you want to talk to the guy or not? <sighs> I was going to take a walk in a few minutes anyway. Come, Bogworth, to the place where this guy is. Come on, this way. Thank you, Bellhop. You got ten minutes. Ten minutes? That's it? Would have been fifteen if you didn't call me a bellhop, you labia cake. Wow, some people just don't know their place. Bogworth, make a note. We must have that boy fired. Noting, master. Good afternoon, Mr. Henderson. Ah, a black woman? What are you doing on that side of the bars? What did you just say? Ah, a deaf black woman. I said... Ah! A black woman! What are you doing on that side of the barge? Listen here, you racist! Uh You heard about the rodeo, and actually it was a bull. Okay, this is going to be just as hard as I expected. I'm Michelle Berkeley, your lawyer. (laughs) 
Oh, oh, oh you're, you're, you're serious? Yup. What happened? Bagworth, didn't I tell you to buy me a real lawyer? If I'm not mistaken, I think I said the best one? Or at least something about someone who would win? I did say something about winning, didn't I? Frequently, sir. And this is the best you could do? I am the best. The adults are talking. This is the best you can do? Yes, master. Listen, I'm only gonna explain this once because it's beneath my dignity and you're too stupid to understand it anyway. I got the tennis shoe murderer of Nagadoches off completely scot-free. The wrecking ball hijacker of Way got four months after demolishing 17 buildings with people in them. You remember the boring killer of Fredonia? Well, he killed 435 people. Not very interestingly, but he videotaped every moment of it and aired them on public access. I not only got him off completely, but he got a $100 million settlement from the city. I am the best anybody can get. Well, don't you have any morals? Those people are all criminals. Is this guy for real? Why does nobody think I'm real? I'm as real as... 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 Margaret, who's real? Stalin, sir. Well, think of something. Paul Pot. No, 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 that's for criminals. Somebody real. Cardinal Richelieu. I know Richelieu. He goes to my club. But he's someone she wouldn't know. Like Colonel Sanders, except real. <sighs> Ronald McDonald, sir. Exactly. I'm as real as Ronald McDonald. Wow, this might be my first loss. Not to worry, my Nubian queen. You can entertain me in the janitor's closet while my lawyer gets me off. Listen, you've just wasted eight of your ten minutes. Here are some of the things we have to get you off for. And these are the ones from before you went to jail. Genocide for killing the entire race of shark ninjas. Genocide for killing the entire population of the Republic of Shizbekistan. Shooting everyone in the Habitat for Humanity office in the face. At least 24 individual murders in the three weeks before your arrest. Does that include the Girl Scout? Because she... What Girl Scout? Not helping, sir. You know, up until meeting you, I had a plan of attack. Now it looks like all you've got going for you is that you're extremely rich. So we're going to go with that. Wow! Well, you're right about one thing. I am extremely rich. Uh, well, I'm glad we could come to an agreement. Okay, that's it, Henderson. Back to the cell. And one more thing. Stop killing wardings. Oh, I thought those people were supposed to be fun. The next day, Chop Henderson and Bogworth woke up with the timeliness of people being woken up by the prison wake-up call. Considering the lawyer's words with the best plan-hatching mind known to Chop Henderson, Chop Henderson began to hatch a plan. Bogworth, I just realized... That black female lawyer didn't seem to like the idea that I killed the last two wardens. No, master. But it occurred to me, in a dream last night, since I killed them, they're dead. Astute, sir. Which means that there, there's no warden. So there's nobody to kill, so I can hand out to, um, uh, the royal Um, oh, wait, uh, am I making any sense? No, master. Okay, okay, okay. Let me get myself back together again. Um, I had a dream, woke up, bathroom, 
Scratch the itch, smile, had you make my bed. Aha! The prison keeps a record of everyone who dies within these walls! If we were to eliminate that record... Go on, sir. Well, there's bound to be another thing after that. Let's just eliminate the record. I wouldn't think I'd have to spell everything out for you like this. Not normally, master. Oh, bellhop! I told you not to call me that. I seem to have dropped my $15,000 on the other side of the door. Thanks. At your service, Mr. Henderson. Do shine my socks while I'm gone, and my ball and chain needs pressing. Now, to the warden's office! Okay, Bogworth, see that secretary? Just act like he's not even there. Look like you know exactly what you're doing. Act as natural as the cat burglar. You know what they say. If you look like you're supposed to be eviscerating the priest, well, anyway, just act natural. Hey, you can't go in there. What? Can't go in, you say? I say I can't go in, for Chop Henderson can go in, and I am Chop Henderson. Dear Christ in heaven, you're Chop Henderson. Guard! He's making noise, Bogworth! Kill him! You're on your own, sir. Uh, I guess this is his job for? Um, no, okay, I'll do it. Watch as I... I don't know, stab him! With my fist! And that's how Chop Henderson broke the record for most consecutive warden killings. I know you may be asking, does Guinness really keep track of this kind of thing? And the answer is, now they do. Tune in again next week if you want to hear more of Chop Henderson. Do something else if you don't. There's also some other things I'd rather be doing than telling you all the story of Chop Henderson, Incarcerated. In that episode of Chop Henderson Incarcerated, Chop was Pete Bowers, Bogworth was Bailiff Quimby, Ralph was Charles Berman, Michelle Berkeley was Julia Adams, Fortin Brother Guard was Jordan Randall, and Warden Queequeg was Ed Jones. Welcome to This Day in History, where I am Rory Sinjin and this is WHRW Binghamton. On August 13th, 1521, after a three-month siege, Spanish forces under Hernán Cortés captured Tenochtitlan, the capital of the Aztec Empire. Cortés men leveled the city and captured Cuauhtémoc, the Aztec Emperor. Ah, oh, we have been under siege for so long. This is awful. Not only are we starving, but I'm out of my usual brand of shampoo. What will I do? Well, I'll have to find something to eat somewhere, but first, to wash my beautiful hair. I'll have to use the other brand, though. I'm so maddened by this siege, I won't even bother to test it for allergies on myself. Into the shower. Sud, 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 sud. Ah, what a warm Aztec shower I'm having. Sud, sud, Oh no, an enormous rash. It's covering my whole body. It's very painful. Why even bother to keep this siege up? Let's just surrender. I can't live with a rash. Cortez, Cortez. Yeah? I have a rash. It's really annoying. I don't want to live anymore. Come take the city. Are, are you sure? Yeah. Because I don't want to come take the city and then you come Indian give it. No, look, it's really annoying. I used the wrong shampoo. I'm allergic and I don't even want to bother to keep this siege going. All right, I gotta say thank you 
It was sure. really big of you to just come out and say that. I I accept. Now die. Right. Ah! And Cortez went on to become the supreme lord of all things American, which is why we still hail him to this day, Hail Cortez. And he taught us all the valuable lesson of performing allergy tests with our new beauty products rather than just using them all half-cocked. Not safe. This is This Day in History, WHRW Binghamton. But hail Cortez! My name is Roy Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And let me tell you what didn't happen after that. What didn't happen is a younger person who also wanted to take over America did not come up to Cortez and say, Mr. Cortez, I uh, would love to learn from you how to take over the Americas. You know, it's really wonderful. And then Cortez says, well, of course, I, I love teaching people about how to take over the Americas. It's a wonderful thing. We're going to start teaching you about it later. And then the young person's like, well, he- he's not teaching me right now. I'll just, you know, slip over to Europe and take over the Americas in Europe to see how that turns out and then becomes like, you know, this big America taking over person according to all of Europe. And Europe's like, well, he owns America, doesn't he? And Cortez is like, he doesn't own America. I made America what it is today by taking it over and the thing with the, the shampoo. You know, for, forget it. I'm not going to teach that young person about how he really should test any shampoo or bath products to see if they're going to make him have an allergic reaction. And then the young person over in Europe uses some shampoo. He didn't test it. And then he dies of this allergy. It's a very serious allergy and, and perhaps a little more serious than people usually have for bath products. But the point is, make sure you check your bath products and don't backstab people. My name is Rory Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History? On Cast. All right, great. Welcome back, everyone. That was uh, Chop Henderson followed by uh, a Where Are They Now, a, a This Day in History, and then a Where Are They Now in History. Correct. From Rory. Yes. So, Rory, uh, we, you know, we've got some listener mail to get to, um, but I wanted to sort of wrap up this edition of Recast and Wax. We're going to hear your show next uh, next podcast. Do you want to tell us about it? It's going to be wonderful. Um, it's a storytelling show in which we talk about classical works of literature, famous, important works in the canon of, of, of classical literature um, in another world, in another world. Okay. And now you've had um, sort of the advantage of hearing the other two shows. Garbage. Before yours airs. Yes. Do you have something a little more constructive to say than garbage? Oh, um, In terms of why, you know, how yours compares? Right. Mine is better. Uh, there's... When I, when I said when I said garbage, what I meant was um, if if you were to compare their shows to my shows, uh, you'd find my show to be useful and wonderful, and it would liken their shows to garbage. How is your show useful? Because uh, it's entertaining and educational. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, because not only do you learn briefly about a work of literature in our world, you learn more importantly about a work of literature in another world. And there's usually some sort of moral lesson. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's probably true. It's only one episode, so there is a moral lesson in that, but uh, there's probably always but going to be But you probably one. don't yes. intend to continue that. No, I, I probably will is what okay. I'm saying. I'm saying probably. I'm saying. Okay. Most likely. You know, it depends on the world, I discover. All right. Well, that's very exciting. So, I, so everyone should look forward to the next podcast. We're going to hear Rory's stories. That's what you're calling it, right? It's uh, Rory's stories, I think, is what I ended up settling with. Oh, possessive. Your stories. Yes, because it belong, they belong to me. I own them. Well, then thank you for sharing them with the public. You're welcome. So we'll do that. So look forward to listening to Rory's stories. That's a little harder to say. Rory's stories from another world. Because if you say Rory's stories, it just kind of... Rory's stories from another right. world. Yeah. It's, it it sounds perfect. It blends together. Right. Okay. So Rory's stories from another world. Yes. We'll air next podcast. And then I believe uh, Jordan can buzz me from up in the booth if he's inc- if I'm incorrect. Um, I believe af- after next podcast airs, uh, the listeners can vote for their favorite. And then the following podcast, we will hear who has won Recast and Wax. And we'll have a show that continues on the podcast. So look forward to that. Please tune in, listen, vote. 
if you haven't heard, if you're just tuning into this one for some reason and you haven't heard uh, Scape Debate. You're, you're fine. Please uh, no, you're go fine. back. You, can you don't get, have to. There's no reason to do that. You can get all episodes oh. uh, of Cast and Wax on iTunes, among other places. So please go listen to previous episodes yeah. if you need to uh, catch up yep. and make an informed vote. Vote for Mom. And let's get to some... Does anyone else have anything to say about recasting Wax before we move on to the last segment of the show? Yes, that you shouldn't vote for either of them. All right, aside from vote for me, don't vote for them. That's sort of assumed that everyone feels that way. Anything else anyone wants to say? No? Okay, great. So let's go to some letters. We have a letter for Rory. So, Frank, would you mind reading that one? Uh, can I do it angry again? You know what? Why don't you try something new? You're a great actor. Why don't you read it real happy? Well... I mean, I'm a little, me- I'm a little method. So, can you make me happy, Frank? Do you remember earlier in the show how I told you I really enjoyed listening to your show? That was surprising. That made you happy, though, right? Yeah. Okay, so why don't you uh, think about that? Um, dear Rory, uh, good to do business with you again. So, uh, first thing we got to know if I'm taking this case: uh, Did you actually take this guy's credit card number and charge him a thousand dollars for a dead cactus? M. Roma, lawyer. So, Rory. I'm, well, look, no, I didn't charge him for a dead cactus. I charged him for a living cactus at the time it was alive when I charged it. So, but I mean, yes, I took his card number and charged him a thousand dollars. That's the service I provide. Well, the question is, did you charge him a thousand dollars for a dead cactus? No, I charged him a thousand dollars for a living cactus. When the cactus arrived, it was dead. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Roma, I hope that helps you. Well, in Matt, the case. Matthew, I don't remember your name. Which one are you again? Oh, Mr. Roma, we got to make this happen. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, our next letter is is addressed to everybody. Um, but Rory, why don't you read it for us? All right. Um, dear Jordan and company, please help. I'm being mercilessly pursued by maenads, uh, these ritualistic female followers of the Greek god of wine and ecstasy Dionysus. I didn't know what they were until they started following me either. Want me to participate in some sort of degenerate fun rite with uh, Dionysus. But I don't drink, and they're coming on way too strong, and I don't know what to do. Roger, they say. Come party with us, Roger. Come get down with a main head, Roger. We know you want to. What should I do? I love your podcast and know you can help. Maybe Frank can do an expose on them. I'm pretty sure they are doing something immoral. Help before it's too late. Roger Gomes. You know what? I... I'm not sure about an expose, but Frank, this sounds like a great opportunity to give some sex advice again. Yeah, that's why didn't you have me do this during my show? They didn't write into Frank advice. Well, I, it's the same email, so anything that's advice should go to to me. Not necessarily. Well, no. I'm saying I'm telling you, it should just automatically be that way. Look, I mean, look. First of all, I don't think that's the case, and second of all, Jordan gave me everything where it needed to be, so uh, uh, fine. Take it up with him. I next have time. advice for you. I don't have an expose. I don't know about maynards typically. But if they want to get down, get down. But he he doesn't want it. They're coming on too strong. Oh, they're coming on too strong to him? Yeah. What are you, a wuss? Me? Well, okay, you're playing the role of him. What are you, a wuss, Roger? No. Well, just give in. Well, so I, if the I ladies want you, if the ladies want you, let them have Not them. only am I not ready to have sex with them, because I don't know them, but they are probably evil and might do something to me in my vulnerable state. Like what? I don't sex know. Sex you? No, maybe, like, brainwash me, or kidnap me, or yeah, kill me. What? Okay. They're gonna. A gang of women is gonna murder a guy after they have sex with him. So your advice is a gang of strange people is trying to have sex with you. Just do it. Yeah. Just give in. All right. Then maybe Roger will. Do you not think that's good advice? No. What is wrong with you? What is your advice? Don't do it. Yeah. Well, he can't. They're maenads. What does that even mean? They're. They're. Look, they are not necessarily honest. They are. You. You don't drink. Just. I mean, are you are you too young to drink? Maybe he just doesn't want to drink. Then then you're stupid. Just drink. Do whatever you want, Roger. Uh, it's probably really hard to hide from them. They're mystical beings. 
Look, here's what's going to happen. You're going to drink. You're going to feel differently about things. They're going to start looking a little better. And then you're going to have sex and you're going to be glad you did. All right. That's Frank advice from Frank Allen. So, Roger, uh, if you take anybody's advice today and uh, are alive or able to communicate and speak about it, please let us know how it goes. Uh, We have an audio letter, another audio letter. So why don't we uh, give a listen to that? So recently, I... Lord Vanton Zest, not Lord Vest, but Lord Zest, though I do look quite charming in a vest, have recently become aware of a response to my challenge by that President Samuels of the Defense Offense Leadership Treaty, that, that dolt, has uh, not only taken time out of his, I'm quite assured, busy schedule of leading this mysterious organization, to accept my challenge, and also to insult my good character and dress. First up, I analyzed your logical argument, and to be quite frank, I wonder how you ever became the top debatiator of all history, because, quite frankly, you have the chicken and egg confused. You have cause and effect confused as to cold temperatures being correlated with lots and lots of fancy beautiful clothes. And you see, it's difficult when you have chicken and egg confused because then you're having an omelette parmesan or you're having a chicken and bacon for breakfast when you confuse chicken and egg like that. And, well, let's not even get into the ramifications this would have for vegetarians. You're already just messing with a lot of people's diets when you make such complete brash confusions like that. But I wanted to respond to a few other choice notes in Mr. Samuels's letter. First up, he said he wanted to pretend his head, oh, you Montebank, you are quite excellent at pretending your title. I would say you're the grand champion of pretending titles. But you also said you wish to project your title. Well, you carpet-backing hoodwinker, I project that when we next meet, I will be the one who gets this title who so richly deserves it. You flog bob. You really think you deserve that title that you got all those years ago? Centuries by my reckoning. But, well, that's just the hard life of a time-traveling fashionista right there. You blocking Ken. I accept your acceptance of this challenge, you Montaljohn. And soon, soon, at a time of... Oh, I shall be sporting. At a time of your choosing. I mean, I am the one with the machine that can just jump around anywhere he damn well pleases. I shall meet up with you, you tree Jimmy. And we shall have this out once and for all. All right, well, things are heating up here between uh, Byron Samuels and Lord Zest. Yeah, it sounds like I'm going to need to do a debate between those two. That's- well, I do debates now. Not yet, Skate. I, I just did one. You did one, but you don't do them on a regular basis yet. Well, when I win. Well, I'll tell you what. This isn't going to happen before a couple of episodes from now. So we'll find out later who's doing the debate between Lord Zest and and uh, Lord Samuels. Plus, you don't do... It's not Lord Samuels. It's President Samuels. President Samuels. And also, Scape, you don't do debates between two other people. You just debate people. Well, yeah, because I'm so good at it, I win. I'm champion debater. You know, what's confusing me here is that President Samuels challenged Lord Zest. I think Lord Zest challenged uh, Samuels, too, in the... Uh, in the in the episode of Escape Stories, Escapey Stories that he was in. So Lord Vest here is now interfering in a challenge that was never extended to him. Oh, Lord Vest? I'm sorry. Lord Zest challenged President Samuels. 
Oh, I'm confused between all the Ests. And okay. Lord President Samuels then challenged Lord Vest, but Lord I think Vest, he just was right. mispronouncing, don't you? I don't know. It sounded to me like he was challenging someone named Lord Vest. Well, who's Lord Vest? I don't know. Lord Vest, if you're out there and you want to respond to the challenge and clear this up, that would be appreciated. I will debate Lord Vest. Well, we have to see, Scape. You have to let us clear up who is debating whom first. I'm debating whom? There's probably a third party here who does not have anyone to debate, and maybe you can debate that person. We're going to have a party. And we'll have a party about it. Third party? (laughs) Well, first we have to have a first and a second party. Okay. All right, we have one last letter. Scape, don't go away or fall asleep. Why was going on? Don't. Hum. Because Rory is going to read a letter that somebody wrote to you. Why do I have to... Uh, Fine. Dear Scape, I am an ardent watch listener, and after Marcel promoted his appearance, I listened with excitement to your interview with him on Scape Debate. It was great. I want to tell all my friends to listen. You are a wonderful host. You will be having more discussions about assholes, right? I can't wait. Jihad Flint. Okay. I'm, gra- well, I, I'm glad you wrote it, but it's not interview. It was debate. I didn't interview him. I debated him and I beat him. Okay, you have to answer his question, though. He asked you a question about if you're going to keep talking about assholes. Well... <sighs> Depends on if I have another a**hole on the show. Well, why would you choose to have a**holes on your show? It was an accident! Well, do better in getting your guests. I think that's probably a big part of, uh, of having a quality show. Anyway, if I did have one on the show, I would beat him in a debate. Okay, if that's your ultimate goal. To win, yeah. To beat everybody in a debate. Yeah, that's how you win a debate! But is your goal to win a- every debate or to produce a quality debate show where the right thing always wins. If I win, the right thing always wins. So then how? why would anybody tune in to listen to your show if they just know you're going to win every time? They always know somebody's going to win. Yeah, but you're saying it's always going to be you. Because I'm always right! Alright, well, that's all the uh, listener mail we have today. So that concludes this episode of the podcast. Please remember that you can also send in your text or audio letters to castinwax at gmail.com. Uh, and we look forward to the final installment of Recast and Wax next uh, podcast with Rory Sinjin doing Rory's stories. From another world. From another world. It's going to um, be excellent. We'll have some more shows for you. We'll have some, hopefully, some listener mail. And, uh, and get ready to vote. So make sure that you've listened to all three episodes of Recast and Wax and are ready to vote after next episode, and we will uh, find out thereafter who wins. Maybe Jordan will come down from the booth at some point. Are you... Do you want to come down and, and say goodbye, or are you just waving? You're just waving? Okay. Jordan D. White says goodbye, everybody. What? Why did you buzz me? You were waving. You don't say goodbye? <laughs> I don't know what that means. It doesn't say goodbye. Why don't you... You don't wish... Do you wish them well? Have a good week, everybody. Jordan D. White. Why? You don't wish them a good week? What are you trying to say? Can you sign? Can you sign some sign language at me? Oh, I hadn't gotten there yet. All right, everybody. Jordan D. White says, be seeing you. Give rock.
what you're looking for Don't have money or a fancy car And you're tired of wishing on a fallen star Just put your faith in a loud guitar God gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to everyone God gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to you Put it in the soul of everyone If you wanna be a singer or play guitar Man, you gotta sweat or you won't get far Cause it's never too late for working nine to five You take your stand or you can compromise You can work real hard or just fantasize But you don't start living till you realize Gotta tell you, God gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to everyone God gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to you Put it in the soul of everyone God gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to everyone God gave rock and roll to you Gave rock and roll to you Put it in the soul